2: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
1: An Erios original.
2: First and I went to uh, the Nurburgring, ring, which is
1: no speed limit
2: yes it's a 17 mile long racetrack in germany that at one time and still sometimes is a public road so on sundays it is open to the public to just go race any knucklehead can buy a pass
1: I wanted Dax to be on my show, on this show. I mean, I feel kind of conceited saying my show. (laughs)
2: Well, it's not my show.
1: Because I'm coming back now from Carrie, who is substituting for me, because I was away working on the TV show called Betty that's going to be out. Spring or summer on HBO. Oh my god! And it's going to be so awesome, and I'm promoting it. I don't care.
2: I'm so happy for you, dude. And this it's sets ska- it's us up perfectly for skateboarding. when we met. Yeah, it's, no one else should be telling the story but you.
1: I mean, I am am not good at skateboarding, right? But I do appreciate the art form
2: or the subculture surrounding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which is kind of a poser. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's okay. But anyway, we're, we're
2: roughly the same age. I'm I'm, I'm 40. older than you. You're forty. Yeah, I'm forty-four.
1: You are. Yeah. I thought we were in the same grade. I wish. Me too. <laughs> um, God, this like changes everything.
2: But you and I have a lot of a lot of similarities. Yeah. I talk about you um, uh, 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 an inordinate amount versus how much I get to see you, which is I'll you, take full responsibility for. But I find myself talking about you as if. You're we're still day to day relevant in one another's life, which I think is a testament to just a how much I relate to you and b how much I like you. But you come up on the podcast, I'd say once every 12 episodes or something.
1: I know.
2: (laughs) I'm aware.
1: People tell me all the time. They're like, oh, Dax mentioned you again. I'm like, motherfucker. But it's not just because you like me. It's because you love me. I
2: love you. I do. I
1: love you. And even though we don't see or talk on the day to day. I wouldn't feel conflicted about if I was in a crunch, you being one of my emergency contacts. Of course.
2: And I would be there in a second. No. But once but, my car uh,
1: got towed and Dax took me to get it out and loaned me $300 <laughs> to pay for it because I had no money. And he, the fun thing about driving with Dax is that not only is he a really good driver, because he loves cars, and that's his hobby, and that's what we want to talk about, among other things, but also <laughs> he drives really fast, and I feel completely safe
2: I remember you commenting on it on the way downtown to get your car that and I felt safe was, or that you it was were fast my Dream passenger well, you said you felt safe
1: yeah, yeah, I did feel safe. It was a bit <laughs> thrilling for me <laughs>
2: uh-huh. well you're from new York
1: I'm from New York, but I'm also you know i've never i've I don't know that many daredevils
2: okay (laughs) let's call it daredevils (laughs) actually you know a a lot of you know a lot of daredevils but not in the vehicular space
1: no definitely not in the vehicular space and also dax has like this weird off-roading do you still have it sort of like a crop duster like (laughs) yeah just some sort of golf cart that is not that at all.
2: Oh, did you see us driving down the road one time? Was that you that saw us on Los Feliz Boulevard driving on the grass?
1: Well, you once drove me on the grass.
2: Oh, okay. Okay, great. But someone saw Belle and I just kind of out driving on the grass of Los Feliz Boulevard. Probably. It was one of the times I was reminded like, oh, right, when you're not at a premiere, people still can recognize you. <laughs> and, you, you know, people will notice if you're off-roading illegally in the city yeah yeah (laughs)
1: with a car that doesn't have a top or doors or windows it's like yeah dude you're getting noticed in that but can i start
2: (laughs) at the beginning of our love affair because i think it's my favorite story i
1: know but here's the thing about you tell this story probably wrong you do tell it wrong
2: okay it started occurring to me because i just told it again recently i told it in the makeup trailer like uh Wednesday and I imagine I've added um what I recognize is I was like I bet I've elevated my role in her life
1: no that isn't what you get wrong (laughs) what do I get wrong there's there's just a bit of a risque detail that oh that we leave out that you leave out that I leave out as respect because well
2: and that's not getting it wrong that's just I haven't told all of it
1: okay okay yeah I just didn't I just wanted to. Well, make sure... I did say
2: when I was talking in the makeup trailer, I say I think the reason we stayed friends and close is that we magically didn't fuck, which is yeah shocking for where we were both at in our lives. Right. It's very shocking. Totally. And I'll give you the credit Thank as you, you deserve.
1: Thanks, because yeah. he tried.
2: Well, I sent you a dick pic.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just glad that you remembered that. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because but but I, hold on, also, I didn't just like cold dick No, no, you. of we course not. Yeah, we were talking about penises. And.
1: We were just, we were texting a lot and <sighs> we were, how we met was really fun. And I never felt like it was, um, I never felt, Like it was creepy or pervy. By the way, I
2: didn't even feel that pervy about doing it. I felt more like, oh, we're on the topic. Here's what mine looks like. More than come upstairs.
1: It was. It was. I can
2: say that with full. um,
1: I know that that's the truth. And I think that if I were like game and I was like, hmm. And I thought about it because I know you would be game. Yeah. And I was like, I was kind of scared, you know? Oh, I think I, Let's I was also the dating were, somebody. I, I so I was working at we'll tell I was working at the Maritime Hotel and I was working in reservations the night shift. So I started my shift at like five and I would just sit in the basement by myself answering phones from guests and taking room service orders and it it was a really mellow. That's the
2: key component of the story to job. me. Yeah. Which is I ordered coffee every morning and i thought it was ridiculous that they didn't have a room service person that the operator had to take my coffee order. And this want- was
1: at night. And i think you had ordered tea. Okay. Because if it wasn't if it was in the morning the office would have been full and you wouldn't have been allowed
2: to go ahead. I it. wouldn't have brought you down. Right. Okay. So i was
1: there by myself and so when we had a when we had a, somebody staying in the hotel that was in the penthouse a VIP person, they would have a little asterisk next to their name, so we would know to I'm so like nervous be extra. Whether or not I had one. You did? Oh, I did. So, yeah, because oh, okay. we would know whether or not to be extra nice to them. This
2: is so terrible. it said
1: Mr. It said Mr. <laughs> Shepard Penthouse with an asterisk, and so I didn't because it, it's not only celebrities. Sometimes it's just like finance people. dignitaries, right? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um,
2: All the many many ambassadors that stay at the Maritime, exactly. But let's just um this is many, many years ago. I was doing baby Mama. It was the first time I had been single in nine years, yeah. and I was just in New York being single, working on a movie I was excited to be in, and then mostly I was off. I didn't work' up, up much, and so I was ordering tea, we'll say it was tea it and I, wasn't
1: anything it was it was early evening okay. So maybe it was coffee, but it wasn't anything. It wasn't a crazy order. I remember that.
2: Right. But I said, hey, I just want to say I think it's horseshit. You have to take my order and that you have to then get that to the people. And you said, well, that's just the tip of the iceberg.
1: Oh, did I? This is my
2: memory. You go, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Do you know where I'm talking to you from? And I go, no. (laughs) And you go, I'm in a cinder block uh, box in the basement.
1: Oh, my God. But I also at one point had gotten another call and I said to dad, I said, do you mind just holding on one second? I have to get this. And, and he was like, no problem. And and I got the other call. And, and I went back and he was still there. Sure. <laughs> and I was like, so anyway, my job, by the way, was so great. It was like, who was I to complain?
2: Well, that's that's what we do.
1: But... Yeah at a certain point We chit
2: chatted for I, uh, In my memory 15-20 minutes And then so we have different memories of it You you no,
1: Yeah we talked for a while
2: Yes and I remember Now Now that you say it I think you might be right That you, you invited me to look But what I remember is you saying We've been talking forever And you are like hey this is fun But I have a cigarette break and yeah. I want to take it And yeah. I go okay great I'll meet you downstairs Where do you smoke And you go right. up in front of the place So I went down there But wait at okay. that
1: point it was safe because I didn't recognize the last name Shepherd. Like sure. that could be many different people. Same but he, Shepherd. But he was like, What are you what do you do? Like when you're not I was like, It's pretty slow tonight, whatever. I was like, Well, actually, right now I'm reading an issue of Us Weekly. And he was like, oh, is it the one where my movie is reviewed without a paddle? And I was like, I don't know. What's your movie? And you told me. And I was like, oh, incidentally,
2: part of the story. No, but I was
1: <laughs> like, incidentally, it is the one where they reviewed my book. Ah. And you were like, what page is your book on? So we told each other what pages our reviews were on. Ah. And I was like, when you're done reading it, you can call back.
0: Uh-huh. Which you did.
1: And I was like, oh, that's who you I was like, that's who you are. I heard that movie so funny. Blah, blah, blah. And then he read the, the little thing about Dear Diary. And, and you were like, this is so awesome. Because it said something about like substance abuse or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we discovered were like,
2: we were both sober.
1: But we didn't discover that until we were both in the basement. So I said, oh I thought
2: it was during the cigarette, but great. I know it was. was it wasn't it was. on the phone. It was in person. Right. So I was like,
1: I'm gonna go smoke. He came down and met me. We just hugged each other. Yeah. Like total strangers, but it wasn't. Again, it wasn't there, weird was no, or there was creepy. no. There was no. There was very no. There Nice conversation.
2: This is still because this is this this is before the dick pic by quite a while. Yeah. This is just oh this person's really fun to talk to. I'm 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 doing nothing. Yeah, did I'm you still go, smoke then? I didn't I, oh, okay. I had quit probably like six months before You were on the gum The, the lozenges, yeah Okay Yeah And so, so we, we we connected downstairs I found out you, you know I wanted to read your book mm-hmm. I then saw the basement It was as yeah, dreary came, as you painted it He came it.
1: down to work with me <laughs> We ended up talking for a while He was staying at the hotel for a while
2: A couple months probably. I gave
1: you a copy of the book
2: mm-hmm. I read it very quickly
1: he gave it to Amy Poehler.
2: Uh huh.
1: And that's how I met Amy. And then we discovered that we were both sober individuals. And that was like when you find that out halfway into meeting somebody for the first time, it's really, really exciting. Oh, it is. It's such a thrill. And yeah. so now we really had a reason to also keep in touch that was.
2: Well, that's also why I, I I really do believe I never was like, ooh, I'm gonna fuck this girl. Yeah. I don't. I, as soon as you were sober and I was sober, we were like, oh, we're brothers and sisters on this path. Yeah. And then, consequently, we're both perverts. So of course, when we were texting, it <laughs> we became sexual. And then somehow, I did send you a dick pic. And then, so we never did do anything. Thank God. No. And then and that was, just kind of passed. There was never another one. And this
1: was during a different time when that yeah. wasn't. But it was funny, and I wasn't. I didn't ever. Show anybody And I I definitely Don't have it Anywhere I mean well, That this was probably was
2: a, 11 phones ago
1: Also like It had to have been A flip phone
2: I was gonna say I definitely sent it to you From my sidekick I think <laughs> <laughs> So we're not even positive You could make out The full shape of the penis I mean you're talking about A one Megapixel You know
1: Dax is a tall man Not sure if anybody Listening to this Has ever seen him <laughs> He's a big man But um, Yeah it was just that weird Room service and we've been friends Ever since okay, and that but was Before Baby Mama came out what, How many years ago did Baby Mama come out Like it, this was a long time ago He lives around the block from me now
2: But, but, but so I read your book I was like um Oh, she's not just a fun conversationalist. She's an incredible writer. I was super, super into your book. And as you said, I gave it to Polar. Polar read it really quick. She wrote you a little letter. I gave it to you. You were very excited. Yeah. And then, now this is the part where I was like, oh, when I tell this story, am I inflating my role? So I do remember you going like, I think I'm going to come to LA and I'm going to get an agent and a manager and I need a car and I remember I an being agent a,
1: and a manager already. But oh,
2: you already had all that.
1: I don't have an agent now.
2: Oh, you're agentless. Oh, because you've um, fired to, yours yeah. during that. Yeah. Yeah, I found myself in a weird position uh, during that because, well, A, I've quit writing. And B... Why? Uh, what do you I mean I you f- quit? fucking hate it. Because I was like, and I'm, I'm going to so give hurt. myself, after chips, and I was sad. I'm like, I'm going I'm to put everything I'm obligated to write on hold. And just see what life's like without homework all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I have the greatest job. I go say lines on a fucking dot on the ground, and I get paid the same as I do to write, which is miserable, and I hate it. Yeah. Uh, what am I doing? Now, that's not to say I'm not going to write ever again, well, but it's, currently I'm you retired. Get
1: assignments, it's homework.
2: It's fucking homework. Even if it's something you love that you pitch, that you have a draft due on, you're on vacation, and you look at your spouse... And they're on vacation, but I'm like, fuck, I got to figure out the third act of that thing. I never... Was hit can't, and run homework? No, that weirdly I wrote so quickly. The quickest thing I've ever written. I bet in 15 days I wrote that.
1: I That's unbelievable to me. Like, I've never written... I can't recall anything I've written in 15 days that... I made into a movie because I've never written or made a movie, but (laughs) (laughs) I've just, I don't think I've ever written. I don't even, I don't know. I don't count. I have no concept of time and it's an illusion. So I don't know, but that seems like very fast. And it, that was your, it's not, it was um, your passion to write that. Well,
2: here's what happened. I had made this little movie brothers justice for $5,000. And, um, uh, Lionsgate was launching this whole, um, kind of division that was going to be all micro budget movies, like $2 million and under. So when they launched this, my friend Andrew Panay, who has produced a bunch of the stuff I was in said, Hey, I think we could get something made. What do you want to get made? And I said, Oh, well, I've always wanted to do kind of a Sundance version of smoking and the bandit. And he goes, okay, let's go tell them we go tell them and they go, we'll make this. But I was, approaching a hiatus from parenthood so i knew i only i had to turn in a draft for that thing in two weeks or i would miss that window so i turned in the draft of it it didn't end up being made at lionsgate but then it was like oh we found money so we can still shoot it on this hiatus so that's why i know it really was two weeks because from the time we met with lionsgate till i gave them a draft was like two weeks
1: and it's so good thank you it's so fun and it's I know that you love cars, Mm -hmm. so to me, that movie is like, I'm gonna take my hobby, and I'm gonna make it a part of my work, which is kind of what this podcast is about, but Mm -hmm. like, when you made that, I know that you, because I know you love movies and TV and all that, and like, it is your job, but like, to me, it felt like you would have just, you would have done it, I mean, anyway, like- Uh It just didn't seem like it was ever a struggle.
2: I would totally agree with that. Until, of course, editing it. Then then it becomes a big shit soup. (laughs) You're like, oh, fuck. I got to call the investors and say I didn't get it. Um,
1: Did you you start loving cars when you were a little kid?
2: Yeah, from day one. I I, I can't remember not being into cars. My dad sold cars. My mom ended up working at General Motors and starting a company that put on car shows for journalists.
1: Right, because you're from Michigan. I'm
2: from the Detroit area, and yeah, my father wooed my mom um, because he had a '68 Chevelle. That she'll say that's totally the reason she went on a date with him Uh because he had that car. Um, They used to drag race together. My mom had a powder puff um, record at Milan Dragway. Like so, yeah. My dad rode dirt bikes and had tough and and powered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except for the powder puff part. and and yeah, my mom rode a dirt bike when I was a kid and um my dad had like a four-wheel drive truck. We used to go to the sand dunes on vacation. So You still
1: do, right?
2: Yeah, now I do. But you know what it also it, it held this heightened thing, which is my mom and dad were married until my brother was eight. So my brother had motorcycles. He was old enough to really know what was going on, and I was three when they got divorced, and I didn't get any of that shit. Like mm-hmm. I never did get a motorcycle. I never so I I coveted that stuff like crazy. They're right. the Jordans. Like I wanted a dirt bike, and I wanted a cool car, and I want you know.
1: Because this was all something that your brother it like represented your parents being together. It represented well, love.
2: It didn't because I didn't care. I didn't. I would. I didn't want them to get back together because I was so little. I didn't like really remember he was around. I didn't want them to get back together, but I did want that shit my brother got.
1: <laughs> right. Very bad. Do you know how to ride a motorcycle?
2: Do I know how? to? I mean, to? I know you do. Haven't you ridden with me? I feel like I on took her for a ride once, and you had never been on a ride. No, because
1: my grandfather rode a motorcycle, so he used to take me on rides oh, all the time. Okay, okay. I've been on many a Yamaha. But okay. He didn't ride a Harley. He yes. Wrote... So
2: Chips, so hit and run oh, was yeah. me getting to do all the car stuff chips I ever want to do, motorcycle. and then Chips was my oh, motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> doy, <laughs>
1: yeah, you know how to ride a motorcycle. I don't know. I think there's something about I like you just said you were on hiatus from parenthood and I'm like oh yeah Dax was on that show which I watched every season of and I love it but I really don't I forget like well, we your have, professional a, life and your my friendship life with you like I just forget like that I'm also a fan of your work but yeah, we have kids. I have I that with a dumb. bunch of
2: people. Like, I know them in real life, but they are not the person that I'm obsessed with in the movies.
1: Right, it's a different It's character. a totally
2: different thing, oh and Lord, they're Parenthood. different.
1: This is so good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably the luckiest I've ever gotten is to be on that show because I didn't aim to be on it and didn't think I should do be on TV and all these stupid things that weren't fitting with my...
1: Yeah, but you were really Ego,
2: and that was the best (laughs) thing that ever happened for me
1: Every episode ended with a dance party (laughs) A
2: Braverman dance party A Braverman
1: dance party, which I think is the secret of good television
2: You could be right
1: I, I think if you're not ending it in tears, you have to end it with a dance party
2: Well, think how many movies you go see, and you're like, hmm how are they going to wrap this up? Like, we're, we're getting at that 98 minute mark, and then all of a sudden they cue up the music and they start dancing. You're like, here we go. That feels like the ending. Yeah. Now
1: you're in a great mood, and you leave, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're like, I love that movie. It's, yeah. It's a it's really a good cheat. Yeah. I just gave away. I've been in my a movie where they added secret.
2: a dance sequence at the end to save it. What movie? This movie went in Rome that Kristen and I did when we were first dating. And we went and did reshoots and added some big elaborate dance scheme to That's the end. That's so I funny. Think, I've never <laughs> seen that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't imagine you would. It's not really in your.
1: Have you ever been in a car accident that you caused? No. Or no. Has, that somebody I've else. I've been had... in
2: some terrible car accidents that I was a passenger in. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you ever been in a motorcycle accident?
2: Yes, I've been um, I've I've been hit twice in LA. Mind you, I've lived here for 25 years, and I was a motorcycle messenger the first year I lived here, so I rode all day long. Right, but I was hit then. What hit you? I was driving down Broadway in Santa Monica, it used to be three lanes all one way, and I was in like the right lane, and there was a a woman in the middle lane that saw a parking spot open, and literally just like took a hard right turn and slammed on her brakes all in one moment to get into that spot, and it just hit me.
1: And what was the damage?
2: Um, I came off the motorcycle, and I hit with my body the parking meter, uh, and... I didn't think anything happened then other than I stood up and I was wearing pants, but then they had become short. So I saw like I was bleeding, but I didn't think anything was all that messed up. I also didn't have insurance. And so I got my motorcycle home, Uh I got in the shower, and then when I got in the shower, presumably like shock was wearing off, all of a sudden I was like, oh, my ribs really... Hurt And my arm really hurts And then I went to the emergency room Yeah And I broke um, Some ribs in my arm And and I had real bad road rash
1: You broke your arm? Mm Mm-hmm I'm sorry I'm sorry (laughs) Jinx (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
1: So you were in a couple of other motorcycle accidents Where you got hit Mm
2: Mm-hmm I've been hit twice I've not like Just thrown a bike away Like at the track or anything
1: Right Wait what do you mean Thrown it away
2: Oh well uh, most people that ride at the track are going to crash the bike occasionally. Or right. if you even watch professional motorcycle racing, I'm obsessed with MotoGP. The top riders, they're crashing once every four races. It's just the kind of nature of it.
1: Okay, so like you said you're obsessed with what?
2: Motorcycle? Oh, MotoGP.
1: What channel is that on?
2: So it, unfortunately, we used to be on DirecTV on, on I don't know what it was, uh, Bean Sports and they've now got rid of it, and now I have to use an app to watch it. It's really okay. big in Europe and not big here.
1: So, when where's the motorcycle track here?
2: So, I mostly go to a track uh called Button Willow, that's like 100 miles north of here. Uh-huh. I also go to Laguna Seca a lot, which is a very famous track, and that's up and um, like uh, uh, uh oh, what's that area, Monterey? It's in Monterey, and you
1: just go around in a big circle.
2: Well, no. Uh, I think Button Willows is maybe 19 turns left and right. And then uh, I think um, uh, uh, Laguna Seca is is 12 or turn 11 is the last turn. Yeah. Anyways. Have you
1: ever been scared?
2: Yes. This thing can happen if you don't have a good steering stabilizer, which keeps your bars from uh, jiggling. I was once on the straightaway at Button Willow and uh, this thing happens which can happen called tank slappers where I'm on the straightaway, I'm shifting into fourth gear, so I'm going like 140 oh and my with God. zero That's like warning. That's faster than
1: the speed of light. <laughs> 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 That's so fast. What the fuck?
2: Well, like big track, um, Willow Springs, you go 185 on that straightaway. So, okay, continue. about a 140 the fucking bars just start going bang 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 bang, like left right left right all the way full oh stop full God. stop full stop And like my friend de castro's behind me and it's putting down like rubber hash marks on the thing and most of the time you're coming off because the bike is just completely yeah. out of control there's really no way to recover that and by some magic bolt of luck it corrected but it corrected right when I ran out of straightaway so turn one to the right and now I'm no longer in tank slappers but I'm going straight out into the desert going like a hundred now it's probably slowed down and so I go from oh my god I'm dead to oh they stopped to oh fuck I'm off-roading now on the street bike and I'm gonna crash now and then somehow I came I slowed down and got control of everything and I never went down uh, but that was probably the most hair-raising oh um, experience on the motorcycle.
1: Okay, so like, is there? This might sound like a stupid question, but mind you, I don't know anything about motorcycles. I implore or cars. anyone
2: who's super bored right now to just YouTube tank slappers. It's it's the gnarliest thing to witness on a motorcycle.
1: Is there any way to like say like safely like if let's say you're in a situation where you're like, I'm gonna get. I'm coming out of this bike. I'm Uh going through the air Uh to like safely. Yeah. There's all kinds of
2: things you're hoping to do, which doesn't mean that you will. Now, let me just say this. 90% of all motorcycle accidents on a racetrack are called low siding. So you're leaning to the right in a right hand turn. And then just the front wheel slips out, but you're only six inches off the ground Mm -hmm. and you're not getting hurt. You're just going to slide. You're going Mm -hmm. kind of fast, but you're in leathers and you're going to slide. And that's going to be that. You want to slide, you don't want to start rolling, because if you start rolling, that's when you get broken bones. Mm. So you're trying not to slide, you're trying to stay flat and just ride that out. Um, but again, that's your game plan. I, right. I'm sure in the moment you're right. that goes out the window. But the guys that are professional, that crash a lot, they, for the most part, just slide. And then the worst kind of accident you can have is the opposite. So you're you're leaning to the right, you're in the turn, and then the back wheel slides out. Which then all of a sudden catches and it flings you in the air onto the opposite side. Whoa. And that's where people break stuff. But low sliding generally you're not going to get hurt.
1: Um, what do you like better? motorcycles or cars?
2: Wow. Boy, that's really hard. You I'm a have better I better you have to I'm a better driver than I am a motorcycle rider. So what I think outfits I pick do you
1: like better for motorcycling? Or a car. Oh, the
2: motorcycle outfit's top notch. You're like, yeah, in, you're, you're, well, you're like Road Warrior. You're full leathers, yeah. you know, head to toe, full one piece leather suit. Oh my God. You feel like you're in Road Warrior. The car racing suit, which uh-huh. I have, is a flame retardant suit. So it's not cool looking. It's, right, just, it's just flame like a retardant. Suit. Yes, it kind of looks like pajamas. Right. It's like. Pyjamas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which do you prefer visually? The motorcycle look is a cool look, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, that visually, that's a cooler look for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I will say that I think the sound of a motorcycle driving by is really annoying.
2: You hate it. Yeah, of course. And I get it. And I understand if... Because we can lane split here in California, which means you legally can share a lane if you're on a motorcycle with a car. So you can pass a car mm. in that lane. And... I can see where that probably scares people a lot because mm-hmm. if you're on the highway for more than 10 minutes, you're going to get passed by a few motorcycles and you're not paying attention. Some people switch lanes, so I get it. Mm-hmm. The loud thing, although annoying, is how we stay alive. So you're never right. going to see me coming, but I hope you can hear me coming. Totally. Yeah. So that's what I don't point. understand, like the that's electric. That's why I don't
1: care for the Prius. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Because.
2: So, i just step out right on camera. We in front need to
1: hear these cars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I'm driving and my windows are up and my AC is on and I'm pulling out of my garage, I don't necessarily know if somebody's behind me, mm-hmm. but they can hear me. So, don't give me a dirty look. Right. Walkers on the sidewalk, because you can hear me and I can't necessarily see you. But oh. with a Prius, it's um, silent but deadly. SBD. Yeah.
2: I have the same thing cuz I pull out of my gate onto a very busy street and there's a ton of pedestrians that walk along yeah. there. And so often I get a look from somebody. That is the like uh, such They're such, so shocked so and I'm like LA. I'm riding a fucking Ducati with Termi exhaust. There is no way you didn't hear me start it in my garage, then ride up the driveway, then heard a gate opening. How are, how are you this shocked right. about this? Like
1: you see what I have to deal with. You see how I have to back out of this like really kind of scary situation where there's a lot of cars coming at me and people, and I can't see. Yeah. No. What's the and look I get for? indignant.
2: I'm like, you're walking through my driveway. Yeah. I'm not in your yard. Yeah. I think I have the right of way here. I
1: totally agree, and it is really <laughs> it's it's really in LA like. Well, it's a
2: pedestrian city. It's so different from Detroit and New York, which is. In New York, yeah, go ahead and cross the street whenever you want. But you're responsible to get your ass across the street before that car comes. Right, right. And I I prefer that arrangement. Yeah. Like, don't give me a jaywalking ticket. I can decide if I can get through. Totally. But also, I got to get through. It's on me to get through. Yes. LA, they they almost, as like a sport, people see a car coming at 50 and go, I'm going to step into the crosswalk right at the last minute to make them...
1: To prove my point, yes. that we're walking and pedestrians are walking right away. at a leisurely pace, and you can wait and it's no like, hurry. Okay, there's yep. not like a traffic problem in the city. Yeah, that's not a thing. Like, whatever. Anyway, um,
2: so many opportunities to work our program now. And we walk around, drive around the streets of LA.
1: What's that famous? I remember you told me that you went to the Autobahn. Is that what it's called?
2: I did go to the Autobahn, but really I think the story you're thinking of is I Kristen and I went to uh, the Nürburgring, which is...
1: No speed limit.
2: Yes, it's a 17-mile-long racetrack in Germany that at one time and still sometimes is a public road. So on Sundays, it is open to the public to just go race. Any knucklehead oh, can buy a pass, God. and you can go on this... And the cool thing about it is you can't really learn the track unless you're German. You're not going to remember 14 miles of left and right turns. Right. So you're pretty much just driving down a country road as fast as you can, hoping you judge correctly. And the highlight of the experience was... uh, Mind you, Kristen's in the passenger seat like reading a magazine while this is all going (laughs) on. We did four laps. We were there for maybe like an hour and a half. But at one point, we're on this straightaway and we're in a 911. I rented from Avis rental car and promised them I was not going to the Nürburgring even Uh though I asked them to put it in the nav.
1: What's a 911?
2: It's a Porsche. It's like the sporty Porsche. Okay. And it was a stick shift. And so we're on the back straightaway and we are flat out in this car. It probably goes 185. And I just kind of see in my rearview mirror, oh, someone's coming very fast like we're going 180 185 and some cars approaching briskly and so I go honey look at this I turn to my left and watch and two guys drive by in a uh, Aston Martin DB9 and they're in full fire suits helmets Hans devices everything they look like they're in a professional race they're going at least 215. I mean, they fly oh by us. Oh, my
1: God.
2: And, it, and they're, them flying by us on the left brought my look back around to the right, where I now see there are two guys in a sprinter van going about 80 miles an hour. So you got guys in a sprinter van going 80 miles an oh hour. You got God. us going 185. And you have these two guys in a full-blown race car going 215. And I was like, what a country. Yeah. Look, at, <laughs> look what they're That's trusting so people to do. scary. People
1: must... <laughs> die all the time.
2: I can't imagine they die too often or it wouldn't still be open. They say the Audubon's much safer than our...
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anyways. So wait, what is the fastest car?
2: In the world? Yeah. I think the Bugatti, whatever replaced the Veyron, like the Bugatti, some fancy That's name.
1: like such a boring question like i don't even know what that is what it looks but like. but the
2: fastest car now goes like 260 miles That's an hour so bonkers fast. like don't yeah. you
1: throw up while you're driving like i don't think it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's too much
2: i think it all depends of like in this if you shoot a lot of action you learn this quickly which is if you don't have something in the foreground giving you that sense of speed it'll look so slow like the very famous um uh hollywood story was uh um what's his buns he was crazy created tw uh hughes john uh howard uh, Howard Hughes. hughes So Howard Hughes decided to direct a movie, and he shot all these airplanes, like these World War II airplanes, dog fighting and stuff, right? Right. And he watched the footage, and he was like, this looks so slow and crappy. And then they had to go back out and just wait for clouds. They needed clouds to show you that the planes were going fast. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. It doesn't feel that fast. So I guess it all
2: depends where you're going to 60. If you're going on the Bonneville Salt Flats, it probably doesn't feel that fast because nothing's approaching. But, but if you're doing it on a wooden fast, road,
1: when you drove me to pick up my car from the lot, it did feel very fast because I guess we were weaving in and out of traffic. And so there's, it's like fast, slow down, turn, go sure, fast. So sure. that was very thrilling.
2: Yeah. It's a thrill.
1: Yeah. So are you a thrill seeker in general?
2: Um, Do you I, like I, roller I, coasters? Uh I used to love them, and now they make me sick. As I've brought my kids to these places, I'm realizing I can't really do it now. But I I, I know what this is all about at this point.
1: What is? What do you mean?
2: No dad um, wanting a stamp of manhood and male approval, and just looking to my group as a kid as like, what are the hallmarks of being masculine? So uh, you fight. um, You're dangerous. Uh, you drink a lot. You do drugs. And I'm sure that was specific to my circle. But I was just like, you tell me the things and I will do them. Ride a wheelie on a motorcycle? Great. I'll do that if uh-huh. that means I'm a man. And right, so but- now I recognize it's all. it was all just kind of approval seeking. But the ironic thing is, is I just enjoy it now.
1: Well, of course. Like there's many things that are masculine, marks of masculinity that, you're not as into because you happen to like cars and motorcycles. Right. So what are some, have you seen the I mask mean like wood you live working, in? Oh yeah. Yeah. Building shit. Mm-hmm. Um, volunteering fireman. Um, Volunteer fireman.
2: Yeah. That's a very, that's so conventionally. Hardcore. I was just uh, because the
1: fires that are happening right now, which mm-hmm. are terrifying and awful. And I was just watching the firemen on the news this morning and I'm like, That is so fucking ballsy, dude. Like, to fight fire. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Are
1: you kidding me? Yeah, because
2: the fire's not going to quit. It's not like the fire's like, doesn't have a. It's like
1: the most noble. Like, I know it's like, yeah, firemen are the real, firefighters are the real heroes, but like, they literally are.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's
1: it's so scary. Fires are very scary to me. They scare you. Or, Or you can, like, I don't know, you could BMX. Like there's many things. I did you do could that. Do.
2: I skateboarded. I snowboarded. Right. I, those I, whatever I guess, alternative or strategies. Like, sports.
1: like you're you're not a real you're not a hardcore sports nut. No, no. And that's a super masculine thing.
2: You're right. You're right. But my circle for whatever reasons didn't really they didn't give a shit about that. But I wanna ask if you yeah. seen the, the 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 documentary The Mask You Live In. No. You must watch okay, it. Okay, I'll watch it, it is tonight. It's tremendous. The backstory is I interviewed Amy Schumer. I got into this thing with her at the end, which was regrettable on my end, and then by her apology, regrettable on her end, which was we were talking about how afraid women are moving through the world and how afraid they are of men, and I said, I totally agree. I said, but, do you know, we're also very afraid of men. Men are very afraid of men. Yeah. And she, rightly so in that moment, was like, yeah, that's not what we're talking about. And it got kind of contentious. And then I left and I said, well, look, I was assaulted by a man. I've been beat up by, I've been physically abused by men. Like I get being afraid of men, whatever I left. And I was like, God, I did something wrong there. What was it? And I'm like talking it out with Monica. And it occurred to me what I had done was basically the all lives matter thing where people saying all lives matter in response to black lives matter is true all lives do matter Mm -hmm. but we already know white lives matter that's why we have to specifically say black lives matter so i realized what i was doing was kind of an all lives matter thing which is like yeah you're afraid of men but so are we right 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 so i regretted that and i apologized to her over text and she said oh my god thanks for saying that and i also realized like i was really diminishing the fact you got molested and i didn't mean to do that and i'm sorry Uh and i said okay well i'm gonna talk about this she said please talk about my side of it this all led to then her emailing me you got to watch this documentary the mask you live in which we did and it's all about masculinity and how we teach boys to be masculine and yeah of the many things the one I want to get to is just simply the definitions are make money fuck a lot drink a ton and fight and like they list this thing and Kristen just kind of turns and looks at me and is like you are such a cliché. And I'm like, I am. Like I I knew about that list and I went out and started checking right. them off. And it's embarrassing. Like I really I I was like, yeah, okay, that's the list. You let said, me work my way again. through it.
1: Make money.
2: Make money, fuck a lot. Uh-huh.
1: Be, drink a lot. D- yeah, and fight. drink
2: a lot and fight.
1: Well, god, I can check all those things off as well. Right. But isn't it I didn't realize like, it was a masculinity thing. I thought it was
2: a winner thing.
1: I guess I thought it was a this is how I will if I make money that's how I'll feel important. If I fuck a lot and drink a lot, I guess that'll make me feel entertained, loved,
2: desired, approved mm-hmm. of.
1: And if I fight a lot, then I'm Standing up for myself, which nobody else is going to do. Defending myself Mm -hmm. and not afraid. So bravery. So, I mean, but are all those things masculine things? Like, I guess.
2: Mm -hmm. But as well as I know you, I don't know. So what I've come to realize about myself was, and I interviewed Dog the Bounty Hunter, and I Mm -hmm. really was bonding with him over this. Mm Mm-hmm. I was sending the loudest message to anyone that would listen. I got tattoos. I tried to get strong. I was sending a message to everyone. Don't fucking hurt me. Don't try to hurt me. I will yeah. fight back. Yeah. And I know where that comes from in me. But as well as I know you, I don't know why you have the same message you wanted to send to everybody. Don't because hurt Because
1: hurt people hurt people.
2: Right. But were you, did you have trauma in your childhood? Of course. It's not really in Dear Diary.
1: Well, really?
2: I mean, of course, of course you did. I didn't mean like surprise. Look, there's also,
1: it's, I mean, did I have trauma in my childhood? Absolutely. Did I have, did I write about it in Dear Diary? Sure. Did I write about it to the extent? No, because I've also had trauma outside of childhood in Mm -hmm. young adult and adulthood. And I'm also constantly learning more about the kind of trauma that i went through like i was 27 when i wrote double d uh-huh i'm 40 now yeah. like i'd like i'd like to think i'm a bit wiser uh-huh yeah and like have been through more <laughs> years of therapy and being like wow well, you know there are different ways we are abandoned mm-hmm. and different ways trauma catches up to us once we realize behaviors that worked for us no longer do mm-hmm. and they're hard to shake drinking though, and they? drugging was one thing but anger not as easy mm-hmm. and has bitten me in the ass and continues to uh-huh you know and it Who's is, the
2: recipient of the anger usually
1: um usually crystal my partner okay so if you're listening I love you um (laughs) and I do love her Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean you know I was I would it was one of the reasons why Judd didn't like working with me Mm -hmm. because I would get really angry I would get really angry with the writers in the room I would get really angry with him and I was would be a dick and like
2: not to be psych one-on-one about it, but do you feel like as a kid you were not listened to unless you got crazy angry?
1: I was not allowed to get crazy angry mm. when I was a kid. Okay. Because if I did, then I would get...
2: Shamed? Hit. Okay, sure.
1: Anyway, would you say, is therapy one of your hobbies?
2: Uh, 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 It it kind of is Well, in in the the non-formal sense Yeah, I don't go to therapy But yes, I like nothing more than talking about Why people think they do Why they do what they do Or why I think I do what I do But I am wondering um, That um, The feeling of fuck it Let's burn the house down Being uh, a pleasurable feeling I wonder if you and I share Having had absurdly arrogant, entitled expectations of myself.
1: I'm sure. And it
2: being very daunting to have such like, you know, totally unrealistic in. in, in, in
1: well, visions of grandeur.
2: Visions of grandeur. Of course. And in the weight of the visions of grandeur, like that me going, fuck it, I'm going to do this thing that I know will make me disappear for three days is going to be a break from that and evaluating where am I at in this process? I'm supposed to have done this and I need to do that. And like that can get uh, cumbersome and, and very uncomfortable. Can it
1: rewind for me for a second in this visions of grandeur? You're saying we beat ourselves up because we think we're supposed to be somewhere where we're not.
2: Yeah, like from eight years old. For some reason, I think I should be interviewed by Letterman. I have no idea why. I don't. I don't even at that time even think about being an actor or comedian. I just feel like I need to talk to that guy, David Letterman, who I worship, and I need to figure out how to have him talk to me to have some, enough worth and value that that guy would want to talk to me. And so I got to figure out what my plan is to be that important in America. And so for a while I was going to be a writer and that's all I was going to be. And I was going to be a novelist and I was going to be Bukowski and that was grand and fucking romantic. And, but that also came with, you better write a lot. And then, so I was always beating myself up that I wasn't taking the steps that were going to result in me being anointed the most important person in America. And I just was, very hard on myself at all times for not either being productive or advancing Mm -hmm. in this social status. And the times where I would check out, and I know nothing can be done once I have a drink. Like once I I have a drink, I have a singular priority of staying fucked up. But hold that thought for a second,
1: because I would say that I do agree with feeling that way. However, part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because I have found through doing something that I love without any agenda, Mm -hmm. without this is going to make me really important, has freed me from that compare and despair and vision of grandeur where there's nothing, when I do something that isn't furthering my career in any way, it's just for the pure joy. When you're riding your motorcycle, when you're Mm -hmm. riding a car fast, it is just for the joy it brings you in your heart. It has nothing to do with, With anything you've, you've, it's intrinsically motivated and not. You've written about it. You've, you've, you've acted. You know, but regardless of that, only because that's such a part of your personality, it's something that really brings you joy, and you don't care if you're the best driver. Otherwise, you'd be a driver professionally. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd be like a race car driver.
2: Of uh, Granger as well, but yeah.
1: Well. (laughs) But you're still doing something where you know you're not going to be the best in the world. Oh, no. And you're okay with that. No, no And like, how cool is that, you know?
2: Yes, and I will say for... I have to say going on like two and a half, three years, I have zero aspirations as far as where I'm going, what I'll be uh, applauded for, what's going to happen. I I really, for two years, feel like I've been free of that.
1: Because you felt you know and correct me if i'm wrong which you certainly will i know but like i can say from my experience i had been blessed with a certain kind of humility of failure uh-huh that really lifted this thing off of me that was like i care about what other people think mm-hmm. and i care about what i look like to other people mm-hmm. it was it didn't feel good at the time and it was not pretty you know but like i feel the same way Mm -hmm. and i don't want to do anything that i don't like doing and if that means that you know i have to move because i'm not making the most money then like okay Uh like all i want is to enjoy what i do every day well
2: i think we have the same goal as quote artists i hate calling myself that but um i my my goal is to Love process and not care about results totally. I mean that's the total goal Is to learn I to love process I agree
1: more And that is like It's been It's a really hard thing But with this Project Well one with this podcast But also I think I learned that Through My um, Extracurricular activities mm-hmm. Like I love painting I know I'm never gonna be Uh, the world's top artist (laughs) painter but I discover so much Mm -hmm. in the process of doing it and I've gotten so much better at certain things and I'm always surprised that I don't care about the painting when it's done I give them away you know
0: okay they sit
1: I'll give you one they sit downstairs but I love the process of doing it and like I really latched onto that and have tried to explore that. And like with this last TV show I did, I loved doing it. I have no idea if it's going to be good. Right. It does not matter. It's (laughs) in God's hands. Like I, I don't know. I know that I don't lose any sleep at night over it. Uh I'm not, I'm not, I don't have great expectations. I'm not like waiting for an Emmy. I've never, I was just talking to Lena about this. Like I've only won one trophy in my whole life. I know we have to wrap up and that was from her show at the Writers Guild Awards but uh-huh. like i'm not i'm not like a trophy person right like, right right i never really have been i'm not really good at competition uh-huh and i don't feel like i'm competitive with an, anybody like i don't have competition yeah. there's no one who i compete with right cuz
2: well which is true yeah but we think of it as a zero sum game all the time uh the um, one thing i was going to say that the things that shifted for me that A few things. One, kids for certain. Yeah. Like having my identity anchored into something that's actually an identity. Like uh, being their father is something that is true bedrock. Like Mm -hmm. that's not what America thinks of me. That's not what strangers think of me. That's not how many people bought tickets to something. Mm -hmm. That's like a real thing, a real job. I have a real role in two people's lives Mm -hmm. and I have to uh do it to the best of my ability till I'm dead. Mm-hmm. And I now that is front and center in my identity, which has been so helpful in right sizing every other thing in mm-hmm. my life.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: then two, just the reality of the world is I'm not gonna be in a superhero movie. That ship sailed. Like you get to a certain age too where it's like for me, my acting goals Get well, A don't have I mean, any a I don't, but again, that I don't gets necessarily agree
1: weird. with that, by the way. Like, I don't know if that ship has sailed for you, but if you if that makes you feel more right sized and believing that, then that's okay for you. But like I can see that. Like I wouldn't put it past anybody. Like
2: Sure. Let's just say I felt compelled to be trying the hardest right, to get right. to whatever the top of the right. thing was, and I'm now forty-four and I go. I'm in the NBA. I'm not Michael Jordan, but I play on a team in the NBA, yeah. and that's plenty. Yeah, and I'm not. My days of maybe getting to be Jordan have passed me in many ways. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll have some great thing. But I say it in a very positive way, which is just like, oh, that whole race has just fizzled in my head. I'm mm-hmm. less aware of who's doing what. I really right. don't know who the big stars are so much. I don't know who's up and coming. I don't. You know. Yeah. I'm largely unaware of it. It's yeah. just because. I know I'm not competing anymore. Like, right. you know. Doesn't
1: it feel so much better? Oh, my
2: God. Yes. Yes. It allows you to actually enjoy the fucking crazy gift to be in the NBA. Totally. What an insane right. gift there to be.
1: Like, what, what really more, like, I don't know, like, I remember Dan saying, and I don't know if he's, Dan Harmon, I don't know if he said this on the podcast and or when we were, working together but he was like i'm like one tesla away from happiness like i'm good and i was like yeah i don't even need a tesla like i barely know what they are yeah so do you have that a tesla yeah
2: no we just got rid of Kristen's.
1: what kind of cars do you have before i ask you my last question i have
2: a 1967 lincoln continental Uh uh-huh with a 590 big block in it it's very fast okay coilover suspension big you've disc had brakes. that for a while i've had that car for 24 years yeah yeah
1: I've, i know that car
2: <clears throat> i have a 94 buick roadmaster station wagon wood grain uh-huh. which also has a supercharged v8 in it and race mm. suspension It's kind of a cool it's like a hipster. Sexy. you would I shit yourself saying that word You'd i think shit i haven't yourself. seen it it's shocking to me you haven't but um well, i'm just gonna show it to you because it's really worth but at any rate and then I um, I have a pickup truck that I tow my dune buggies and sand car around with.
1: Oh, yeah. I like those. And
2: then I have a, Pacifica, a Chrysler Pacifica minivan because they're a sponsor and I fucking love it. <laughs> so mostly I drive my Chrysler they, minivan around.
1: Are those all at your house or do you have like a special garage? They're
2: all at my house or at the house we're building. You guys um, have been building that for a long time. Oh, forever. And but probably, it's still
1: going to be very close, again, correct?
2: Here's another great thing. That right, Dax, You're I,
1: still going to be close to me?
2: Oh, even closer. Great. I got even closer. Great. But can I tell you that this is how um, another way AA has saved my life is they teach us that um, expectations are resentments waiting to happen.
1: Ooh, I like that.
2: And I have not allowed myself to, um, I I have never asked them when the house is going to be done. In. Because of that, I've never been frustrated that it's taking a long right? time. Because yeah. I never like built this whole story in my head about when we're going to be in there and how it's going to feel and all that shit. So I'm like, who I'm going to miss that house. Okay, here we go.
1: Let me see. And then, I'm yeah, it's really cool. I mean, what a fucking view Also, beaut, all huh? of your girls are in wearing the same outfit, denim. which are denim <laughs> jumpsuits. <laughs> this is a beautiful picture that maybe you'll I've posted. Me... Yeah, so okay. I can give it to you um okay my last question for you is like what hobby like what's your fantasy hobby and like hobby isn't a great word for what i describe filling the void to be but
2: i have it for
1: lack what is it
2: i drive around the country in a 45 foot motorhome
1: this is already part of your hobby i don't
2: have this yet and i work a lot so i'm not doing this okay
1: okay um,
2: I have a forty-five foot motorhome, and I'm I'm towing a twenty-eight foot stack, uh, stacker trailer. And inside, I have my dune buggy and one of my favorite cars. And I just take the girls around, and then we unload the shit and drive it around, and then we go to the next state because okay. I have perpetual so wanderlust.
1: <laughs> okay, that I love that travel, okay. but okay. okay, is there anything that like like <laughs> I can see you doing that one day? Yeah, so is there happen. anything that you wish you could be into, but you're just not like? You know, there's, like, I always... My example is, like, I wish I I could be into cooking. Or, like, oh, I wish uh-huh. I had more of a green thumb. But uh-huh. I don't really give a shit about either.
2: Right. Nor do so, I. We have that in common.
1: Yeah. So, like, is there anything you're, like... Or, like... Yeah.
2: There, there's a couple things where it's, like, I'm witnessing the results in other people. And it seems pretty inarguable that it's not a beneficial thing. But I just can't care about it. Like what? Well, there's a couple of them. Um, One, that bothers me morally a lot is like uh the environment i'm not nearly as consumed with my right. fear of the environment as everyone around me and i wreck i'm not denying the science it's no, not I hear that you. i just am like i can't even let myself start worrying about that because I'll, yeah. I'll kill myself and uh, I could be doing much more, and I'm not. And um, I had a guy on who's I think convinced me last week that I need to. And I'm going. I think I'm going to make a list and at least improve this year. Right. Uh, and another thing's yoga. Like I, I see totally. people get out of yoga, and I'm like, they got it, man. They are fucking. They look like they're on Xanax. Totally. Naturally.
1: Both of those are really good. <laughs> I totally feel that way about both of them and yoga as well. Like I wish I was just really passionate. About oh, like yeah. stretching Yeah because you
2: know You'd feel so good All yeah. the time Or posture Chris. Kristen's always working On her posture Like diligently Yeah And I'm like God I bet she feels So much better Because of Look at you You got your shoulders back Yeah Amanda's and you're,
1: just like Yeah Amanda's like And you and I purges, are like Fucking no, pouring like out of this The hunchback of couch. Notre Dame Like You know Amanda's like Just a vision Of like Joy and beauty is she not? Like, she is. I, she's
2: really, um, is angelic. Her smile is a trillion dollar smile. Yeah. yeah. She's, she
1: does sports. She does, she does it all.
2: Let me ask you something. Yeah. Do you, do you still, um, do you look at some person's style and go like, fuck, I need that style.
1: Like clothing?
2: Yeah. Like a whole look, you know? Oh, here's a great example. Uh-huh. I imagine if I was a woman, I would look at Gemini gemma
1: jemima jemima <laughs>
2: I would look at jemima's Instagram and be like why can't I just exist like this like <laughs> it looks like she's perpetually living on a 70s album cover totally. in all the best ways
1: well on one I don't feel that way because I do well you have, I, I love gave a jemima. bad example you know her no but even if I did a real person but let's you. say like you know Beyonce.
2: Yeah, okay, Beyonce, Queen B.
1: Right. I mean, I'm willing to believe that these people who look like they have these amazing lives. I'm pretty sure that they don't that they aren't as good as they look. Well, because everybody has. We're all doing the same shit. We all have the same insecurities and anxieties. There's we all nothing watch Beyonce, a 60-inch
2: TV. Every, even the, poor people now have 60-inch TVs. So it's like we're all just sitting <laughs> on the couch watching fucking TV shows. That's our life.
1: we all watching the same shit. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing that they... There's nothing Beyonce knows that I don't. She works a lot harder than I do, yeah. and the results... The proof is in the pudding.
2: Do you know what I, when I see Beyonce, who I love, I yeah. fucking love, I think she's one of the most powerful performers yeah, ever. Yeah, she's. She's saying one plus one on American Idol. She's I almost died. Perfect. With that said, when I look at her life, I immediately think, ooh, it takes a lot of people to run that life. And I don't want to be around a lot of people running my life. That's right. my immediate thought is like, that takes a lot of people. And I don't want a lot of people around There's me.
1: nothing anybody has that if, that we couldn't get we if we wanted it badly enough we would get it right if we wanted to be Beyonce We could get I mean we could have I don't have that kind of ambition. I don't have that kind of energy. I don't I don't have the skill set either. No, and I yeah. didn't ever Want to have that skill set when I was growing up. I didn't want to have a voice I just wanted to be in chorus at school. I didn't want to have the best voice. Uh I didn't give a shit. I didn't want to be a singer. Uh I didn't want to be a professional dancer. Uh And I didn't want to be Madonna. I'm sure there are a lot of girls who do and they don't make it to Beyonce. But like, I never say never. I mean, like, I don't know. Well, again, we've
2: learned the hard way that um, you can cram as much shit in the God-shaped hole or whatever you want to call it. I don't believe in God, but I do believe I have a hole. That is really only filled with esteemable acts and not acquiring shit. So I've learned the hard way, you know that that stuff just doesn't uh, have any lasting. Well, you just said I walked in. I was telling you about my Jordans that I've gotten into buying Jordans. You were like, like, they made me me feel great for two hours, (laughs) right? And then (laughs) I had to buy another pair. (laughs) Yeah,
1: dude, it is like my biggest problem now. It's like I love this T-shirt. I need another one.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I don't. I have it. Yeah. But I want another one. It because I want that feeling. I'm like constantly chasing yes. the high of buying shit.
2: Uh-huh. And it
1: isn't it it isn't a hobby. It isn't I'm not talking about it on this podcast because I'm not filling the void. Right. Like I'm creating a bigger hole. More wanting. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love to the to way unfollow- Jemimas look. Life Ugh. looks on Instagram yeah. And I'm sure It looks so
2: authentic That's the thing we're all drawn to And she to, is right? really yeah. fucking
1: cool and gorgeous And has a really cool life And like has really good I taste. met her once
2: and I really liked her She's
1: awesome She'd be a great person for you to have on your podcast I would love to She's also like You know she's not. She doesn't know anything we don't
2: mm-hmm. No right right like, I'm she saying has if I were a woman I, I could imagine Because yeah. I certainly for years was like Oh man if I woke up and I was Brad Pitt, I have to imagine I would feel complete and wonderful. But yeah. I don't I don't believe that anymore, but I certainly did for a long time. I mean
1: same, but also like well, I look a certain way. I can, you know, there's not there's no amount of plastic surgery that's going to make me look like Beyoncé because I'm not I can't think of other people right now or Jemima or whoever <laughs> like and I'm like, "All right, well, I don't know like
2: might as well get busy liking what you are like because it has to get done at some point you're just kind of putting it off right yeah like
1: I can compare and despair Mm -hmm. or I can just accept like who I am and be like well if I wanted to wear high heels every day could but it's fucking uncomfortable I don't want to I want to wear Jordans and if it makes me look dumpy like whatever I'm married right (laughs) yeah
2: take it up with Paul
1: yeah and he doesn't I would
2: be remiss if I didn't just vocally say in public how much I love Paul
1: and I went to your wedding it
2: was my favorite wedding I've ever been to I think it's one of the only weddings I really really enjoyed
1: I have pictures of you guys dancing and I had I'm so glad that you came and and I always have fun when I hang out with you and anyway thanks again for listening to this podcast and um it's called Filling the Void And we do have a call-in number and Oh my god, it's me. called
2: Filling the Void Yeah. I'm embarrassed that I brought it up That sounded like I really a was setting you up A lot of
1: people don't remember that it's called that
2: Right, and I just was talking about Filling the God-shaped hole yeah, But it feels set up now in retrospect
1: But it. I mean, we're talking about it And the <laughs> listeners will know that They'll be able to dir- not.
2: differentiate between Well, I love you
1: I love you so much, thank you for doing this
2: Of course, I'll do it anytime you wants
1: never miss an episode of filling the void subscribe on apple podcasts or wherever you listen rate review and tell a friend it really helps us keep this going filling the void is an erios production with editing by veronica gruba and original music by michael cassidy